Hello, everybody, and welcome to Asians Talking Puck After Dark. Yeah, and so today... it is currently 10.30 in the evening, and we're recording this. We kind of had some busy Friday evenings. So. Exactly. This is our yeah. midnight edition. Um, essentially, with the playoffs underway here, um, it is Friday, May the 6th, and we decided that rather than have an episode where we dive into a lot of analysis and we go over the series that are going on, we would just have today as a fun day, give some hot takes, um, and just chat about the playoffs so far. Um, and then probably next week, we'll dive back into that analysis stuff that you guys are used to. Um, but I'll start with uh, throwing it over to Josiah, because I didn't introduce myself or Josiah, <laughs> though I'm sure you all know who we are at this point. Um, so I'm Mahan. And uh, Josiah, how are you feeling about uh, about the playoffs so far, um, whether it's the Canes um, Bruins series or any of the other ones? Yeah, it's uh, it's been very entertaining. Honestly, um, in years past, I've typically just watched the Canes series. And then, you know, um, I also tend to uh, tune into the Washington series since those uh, those are my two top teams that I follow. Uh, but this year has been a little bit different, honestly. Um, I've been sort of tuning into as many of the games as I can. Uh, I, you know, it's tough because we're both still in school now. So some of those uh, West coast games are difficult to watch. I really wish I could have gotten around to watching the Colorado Nashville overtime uh, game. Dude, I'm up so late every night watching them. (laughs) It's brutal. I need my sleep, man. I I stayed up till I stayed up till like 3am one night just, just because of how those series go. The thing is, is like, the um the Pittsburgh New York game went on almost five hours. It started at seven. It was not over till past midnight. No, maybe I it was before tuned midnight. In for that third overtime period and got to watch that that yeah. ending. But like, could you imagine if like a uh, a uh, L.A. Edmonton game goes like double overtime? Like, I'm just not watching that. Like, I'm not staying up for that. Thank God if it's on a week, if games, it's on, during dude. the week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank God for the matinee weekend games. Like the abs yeah, game tomorrow is at four thirty. Uh, yeah, me. You're, I saw the Colorado games at four thirty. I was like, I might yeah. tune into that. Actually, we're Eastern time, by the way, for all of you. Um, yeah, people wondering. So, yeah, that is that is pretty nice. Um, as you know, I didn't get to watch the first period of the uh, Ranger of not the Rangers game of the Avs uh, Predators game one because of how long the Rangers game went on. Yeah. So I have to figure out an alternative way to watch it because ESPN's main channel was just streaming that game that's how they do it they stream games until they finish so i had to figure out a way to get access to espnu and um essentially i thought that series um i thought that series was going to be a little bit rocky for the abs but so far i've been so impressed um by the abs play in fact i know the score doesn't reflect it but i thought the second game was pretty close to perfect for the abs um they played unbelievable for checking back checking um, they were moving pucks well, power plays, they were efficient. They didn't score, but they were moving it well. They were getting tons of shots off. They were capitalizing on every mistake Nashville made. They were dealing with the heaviness. There were a few times where they got hemmed into their own zone or struggled defensively to get the puck out, where their clears weren't the best. And there are moments where you're like, all right, Nashville's dialing the pressure in, but that's expected, right? It's a hockey game. It goes 60 minutes plus. Um, so you expect those ebbs and flows, but for I guess maybe 90% of that game, I thought the abs were absolutely dominant. Um, I don't know if you've gotten a chance to watch that series or any of them. I games. actually did. I did tune into the first game for that wild first. All right. So then you period. can fill me in. Cause I watched the highlights and they were look great, but how did the, how did the um, game go as a whole? 
Um, yeah, I mean, it really just felt like it really, especially towards the beginning, not so much towards the end. The I think the Preds tightened it up a little towards the end, but definitely in the first period, it just felt like Colorado, A, was just suffocating Nashville. And then also, like, they were having some bounces go their way. Like, I'm not saying that, like, all of the Avs goals were completely luck-based. Some of those but, you know, to score, bit, yeah. to score five in a period, you got to have some bounces go your Absolutely. way. So, you know, it was just a combination of the two of those things that was, you could tell it was really deflating Nashville also, incredibly quickly. Big Save Dave was having a rough night in the crease. He was, That's, yeah, yeah. Um, but you mentioned um, just a minute ago that the game sort of tailed off afterward and withered away. And I think a big reason for that is Connor Ingram. I actually yeah, turned no, off Connor that game. Ingram, Connor Go Ingram ahead. is going to make this series a little more interesting than we Absolutely. thought. Absolutely. Um, I actually turned off that game and went back to the Rangers um, uh, Pens game um, midway through because this, the game was just kind of slow and tiring. And I was like, yeah. you know, it's not worth it. This game's pretty much dead. And yeah. while part of it was because the Avs had a massive lead, Connor Ingram shut it down afterward and he carried that into the second game. And um, I'm yeah. curious to see what happens if Soros gets back to being healthy. Because do you take this kid out of net with? With the fact I didn't that think, he's shutting these games. Is Saros um, in the realm of possibility to return? Absolutely. That's what I've heard. Um, the oh, report okay. said before the series. Oh, I think I'm getting confused with uh, Tristan Jari. Or no, no, no. Casey DeSmith. Both yeah. of them, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. But um, uh, the report said that he was um, he was unlikely for the series um, yeah. for the entire first round about two weeks out maybe a week out whenever the injury happened. And then as we got closer, they said he's hopeful. And then they said, you know, first two games for sure. No, but it seems like there might be a chance for a third or fourth game. And I would wonder, do you, do you take out Connor Ingram? And by the way, he, we got, we got to talk about his past um, in a minute. Yeah, it's definitely, um, it's definitely a tough decision and it's going to be tough for, um, you know, trying to figure that out because you know they always say you want to ride the hot hand but you know at face value if, if you're not looking at the way that Connor Ingram played in game two and in game one uh obviously Saros is the much better goaltender much more experienced everything like that so it really it really does make you wonder I mean I'd personally switch over to Saros I think that while Connor Ingram played well in games one and two it's a small sample size and even if you look at, for example, like Pyotr Koshekov today uh, playing against the Bruins. Now, even though the Bruins scored four, I would not argue. I, I didn't see what uh, Koshekov's goals saved above expected was. I haven't gotten to check that stat yet. But, you know, if you look at the goals that Boston scored, you can't fault him for too many of, you know, for too many of them. They were just weird bounces, things like that. But, you know, when you have a rookie goaltender like that, the point that I'm trying to get at is that, you know, if you even if you play two solid games, it's such a small sample size that sometimes it's better just to go back to the veteran, which I think would be a smart move. Yeah, I'm not part. sure. Um, because Saros had a rough end to the season. His stats weren't as unreal as they were the middle part in the beginning. He was still, like, pretty good and respectable, but it wasn't, like... Un- unbelievable um, as, as it had been so i'm not sure if they want to go back to him one because he might be cold going in yeah, and two because you know there's no momentum he was one well that is the same thing as cold but like he had a rougher end to the uh, season there and then the other thing is 
Jordan Bennington pulled it off as a rookie practically, though he did have those regular season games, I believe. Yeah. Um, still, it's pretty interesting to look at. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to go ahead. It, Sorry. It definitely can happen. I mean, if you look at Cam Ward back in 2006, same Was he a rookie thing. that year? He was, yeah. And he wow, was. I thought he'd been in the league for like five years at that no, point. Yeah. And I can't remember how he had very few or no regular season experience. I want to mm-hmm. say it was nothing but I, I can't remember for sure. But basically he was a rookie thrown in, went 15 and eight. And I was no. serious with just no, that, that means was... if he went 15 and eight, that means that he did probably he probably didn't start the first game of the playoffs. Yeah. Probably had to yeah. come in in relief. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's interesting. Um, you know, that wasn't that the um, run where Justin Williams played out of his mind and almost that got was... a consmythe. He uh was that no, LA that he got a Consmith? That was and... he won the Consmith with LA, I believe. I'm not blanking. He did win a Consmith, right? He did. He did. Yeah, yeah with, he did. with LA. Um but he he did play really well in that cup run with Carolina. Yeah, he was young um, at that point. Real real yeah, young. He was. He I think he was a rookie actually. Yeah. Or if not very very That's young. when the game 7 man started. Yeah. <laughs> Which um, he actually had the he had the empty netter for that game 7 against Edmonton in that final. Yeah, I've seen like the um little clips of like that celebration where he jumps into the boards. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I was mentioning Connor Ingram's past, and actually we got to shout this out. Um, he had some mental health struggles um, earlier in 2020, and oh, he wasn't really? sure if he'd ever make it to the NHL or, or, or if he was going to live through through everything he had, and he had OCD, and well, I guess he still has OCD. And he was in a really tough spot where I believe the um, TNT broadcasters were saying that he wasn't sure um if he was going to survive through everything and for him to be where he is now um just tells you about the resilience of that kid and you know even if he doesn't win the series for them the way he's played the way he's recovered um that's uh, i'm speechless for that and yeah i was actually not aware of uh of that background yeah it's a real inspiring story and yeah pretty heroic of him so um just wanted to just wanted to shout that out there that uh um, he's, he's come from a tough place and to be where he is now is outstanding. And, um, again, something that I guess we probably should touch on here is if you ever have mental health issues, um, get help sooner rather than later. Um, and, uh, on that, uh, a little bit, uh, somber note, why don't we go over and talk about the injuries that have happened in the playoffs so far with goaltenders? Oh yes, I can. I can attest to that. You're suffering. So, so who, who's out because of injuries? So right now? for uh, well, for a little context with Hurricanes, Anders Frederick Anderson was injured in a game. Uh, coincidentally enough, against the Colorado Avalanche, it was a non right. non uh, non contact injury. So no one at no one on the Colorado team was at fault for it. Um, so yeah, he's been out for three weeks now, and he's still not even back on the ice yet um so what's the prognosis did they did they release that or are they just saying unconfirmed uh, they're just saying it's a lower body injury he got an mri but it was negative so that's what they do at this point they just tell you it's a lower body injury yeah i remember the days i remember the days where they would tell you like high ankle sprain or like you know knee like they used to release a high ankle sprain was actually a sprain i didn't realize what it was dude those things are brutal 
Is it not it's, like no, a... no? It's like a full tear of the muscle, labrum, oh, cartilage. Wow. Like you need surgery for that stuff. It's like wow. Okay, I was. It's, it's I'm not no like doctor, a bruise so I was like not aware of that. Isn't, yeah, I didn't know that either. I um I heard guess, recently. I guess if you think about it, that makes sense because you. It's hard to twist your ankle in a skate. Like you know, the boot has so much protection yeah. that it. It's not like a like, sprained wrist or something. Like it's legitimate yeah. cartilage, muscle damage. You can get bone stuff. Okay, wow. okay that is that is it is a it's a brutal that sounds injury. like a mess there yeah um, um hopefully he doesn't have that yeah no i think i think it was largely like a, a good result but at the like as in it could have been much worse is that the game where he like stood up and he just like yeah it was weird. like he just he he cut into the ice a little weird i think when yeah he and he just like and... it looked like he just like when he was like coming up after a save he sort of just yeah. buckled on his right leg or something. Yeah, and he's had uh, injury problems in the past. That was actually one of the big doubts that a lot of Carolina fans had when we brought him in. He and Auntie Ranta, honestly, um, was just what's what's their injury thing going to be look like? Look, going to look like? Are they going to be able to injuries? Like it Philip is. Gubauer, yeah. Pavel Francouz. Those guys have been banged up all all year. Um, yeah, because I mean, think about just the. I, I don't think a lot of people realize the incredible amount of flexibility that these goaltenders have. It's crazy. I mean, you know, it's it's just insane, and you're moving around so quickly, and, you know, you got to do so much to stretch before your game. Oh, and, you know, if, sure. if just one thing goes off, it can, you know, you could easily have a pulled hamstring, you know, yeah. anything like that. Totally. And and it affects you later in life, doesn't it, right? Because doesn't Grand mm-hmm. Fear, who played for the Oilers – um doesn't he have tons of knee problems now like most goaltenders yeah and yeah. also i mean at that time pads were heavier but you know knee surgery is so common for them you see it all the time it's knees hips all yeah, those rotator I think, joints i think a big part of that um is if you look at the the butterfly like mm-hmm. motion and i was reading about this actually i think it was uh maybe one of greg wishinski's books and he was uh he, he was had the help of, of some medical expert, but the, the butterfly stance and position is actually not a, it's a, not a natural human movement. It moves sort of your hips and wow, knees. In so a way. unexpected. It's not natural, <laughs> but to what spread it, your <laughs> knees apart like that and sit back. <laughs> what it does thought? though, is it, is it slowly just like grinds out your hip socket. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know, and if you're playing the NHL for, you know 20 years and that's just your nhl experience that's not any of your junior experience if you think about that too you know by yeah, the end of that kid. you probably have 30 plus years of hockey experience yeah it's not your body's not meant to butterfly that's why it's crazy <laughs> that some goalies like mark andre Fleury are playing till 37 or like yeah that's, anderson's that's 41 insane. or 42 mm-hmm. um as you get older you just have to be so efficient and um, I think that's what the best goalies do. Like what Connor Ingram, what impresses me about him um, in the series is his positional work. He's never yeah. out of position. So you look at those goalies, they're not like floating and flying all around. Like um, I think Morasic had those hot streaks, but the reason he could never be consistent is because he just would get injured too often and he really wasn't, he wasn't um, efficient enough. It's, yeah, because it was better. Um, yeah, he would. I, I remember because I, I watched Mrazek play for for years. Like a lot of his injury problems were, you know, yeah, he was a little out of position, so you overexert yourself, and then you know it, yeah, it creates issues because your body's not meant to move no. that flexibly 
that like hockey. Quickly. You think about hockey is a bunch of dudes with metal knives on their feet, carrying sticks, whacking at a rubber yeah. um, <laughs> cylinder that goes a hundred plus miles an hour. It's a, and we're doing it all on ice. It's a pretty uh, and yet it's, interesting it's, thought. And yet we just, we love the sport so much. I know. It, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Um, You'd have to be like, you know, yeah, insane to play, but. A bit weird like at that. The, at the same time, it once you get hooked on it, it's, you're never going back. I know, right? Um, and then Auntie Ranta, what's he out with? Yeah, so thankfully, he actually dressed as the backup today, which oh, is Okay, good. that's good. He got... He took a high glove, actually, from David Pasternak. There was a whole bunch of controversy like about that. Like a punch and a scrum? Yeah. Or... Um, basically, Pasternak was charging into the goal for a puck that he wasn't going to get. And he kind of braced himself. And then as his glove sort of came up, it smacked uh, Ranta in the face. There was a whole lot of controversy about, about that. Rod Brindamore even said that like Pasternak did it on purpose, which I... I don't know. I think that's a gray area. I don't completely agree with it, but uh, yeah, but basically Ranta had, I think he has some sort of cut on his face and they were also checking him for a concussion protocol, of course, yeah. but uh, thankfully he did dress today. Uh, they did not give him the start, but you know, with the way the game three went, I, I don't know who they're going to start for game four. I think it's yeah. definitely a toss up. I could totally see them going with Ranta mm-hmm. though. Um, I'm sort of in the position here where I think Carolina might lose both in Boston, but then go home and clean it up. Um, yeah, I just mean, how I much see that, happen. that happened last year in Nashville, actually. They took oh, the yeah, first right, two. you played Nashville. Yeah, and right, the, but we lost that. the second two in double overtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, both three and four. Nashville's were a tough building to play in. It it's is, a... yeah, and this you could say the same thing about Boston too. Absolutely, there's some. I mean, I know like the Avs crowd is really big and whatnot, but like in Nashville, when they're shouting that it's all your fault, chance, and you suck, yeah. that's a that's got to be. It is painful. interesting though that because I've heard, I mean, I've heard Raleigh too is one of the arenas that just gets wild, and it's really interesting really? how yeah. And if you hear five years, five ten years ago when I went there for a game, like I did the mites on ice thing, it yeah. was not. In, yeah, it's not definitely. Great. It's not obviously as. And five to ten years ago, they were awful. Um, but nowadays, with the playoff atmosphere, and I can attest to this because I, I actually got the chance last year to go to um, a round two game versus Tampa Bay. I saw and, that. Was that on your Instagram? Did you post that? Yeah. And the yeah. building is electric. Like, I've been to regular season Hurricanes games before, and they're fun. But there's just something about the playoffs, you know, it'll leave your ears ringing by the end of the night and even there was i thought i saw something too it's not even just like a carolina sort of bias thing there were you know other nhl players and non-carolina sort of media markets that were saying the same thing that carolina surprisingly has a very passionate fan base that gets really really loud and if you listen to the broadcasts you can hear the uh the carolina oh, yeah. crowd more than you can others mm-hmm. yeah. um playoff atmosphere is the best um you know as much as overtime is tense it's so fun to watch on the edge yeah, of your seat is. um i don't care who like who you are what you root for um i, I was watching the pens um rags game and I, I have no stake in that other than for my bracket which by the way is toast because the capitals won a game not that i'm <laughs> yeah, complaining you, i'm just saying i 
You I'm crushing me against it. I, told I, was like, nah. but I was like, nah, I'm smarter than you. I'm doing this. I figured this. the right. Caps would take at least one. Nah. Like. I was so arrogant. I was like, no, Josiah, I'm smarter than you. I'm going to be right. Trust me, I bro. I mean, the, the, the tough thing is, is that just sweeps are so, they're not common. Yeah. Like, no, it, it's okay. hard to take all four games with just the amount of parity in the sport. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm but starting to wonder. Yeah, that is true. However, I'm I'm starting to doubt my Colorado in four against Nashville. I, I'm thinking Nashville could steal one. You never no, know. No, I think I they mean, steal one or two. I mean, I said yeah. it would be six or five because I just know that it's so hard to go into Nashville and play, yeah. play really and especially, well. Especially, you know, if Ingram plays another game just standing on his head. You know, say Ingram does that again, game three or four back in Nashville. I, I could see the Preds taking one like overtime or something like that. For sure, for know? sure. Um, and then let's just hop over to the Pens rag series for a little bit. Um, just because yeah. um, both the goalies for the Pens went out with injuries um, and Louis Domingos and, and they, they won game one in overtime and they lost game two kind of poorly. Um, but they had injuries in the back end too. Um, so, so far, my opinion is that the Pens have played better for the amount of periods that they've played, right? Because they played nine or 10 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that the, the, um, the Pens have been better, but they're not gelling in the blue line with Dumoulin out. So, and with Dum- Deming having to be the guy against Shesterkin, um, yeah, I'm kind of nervous tough. for my prediction. I don't know if it goes to all the way to seven and then the Pens take it. It might be a quicker series. I think the Rangers might get it in six or five now. Yeah, it's hard to say, but I mean, Pittsburgh too has shown that they can battle through adversity. So I wouldn't quite count them out yet. Now, obviously, you know, if the Rangers take game two, you know, I forget who has home. Oh, the the Rags have home. So yeah. games three and four back in Pittsburgh. Um, That's a hard building to play into. Yeah, but honestly, I say if the Rangers find a way to take game three in Pittsburgh, ooh, that's going to be tough. Yeah, you that know, is I, a... I think that's a harder situation. At that point, yeah, you can you can start to to lean in favor of New York, but uh, honestly, at the same time, those two teams are so they're evenly matched in a lot of ways. So I I still think that this one could could go to seven. Yeah, hopefully it does. Uh, I'd like my yeah. bracket to be somewhat accurate. Yeah, I um, mean, if you think about it, given it was triple overtime, but still, Pittsburgh did take one at MSG, and MSG <laughs> is not an easy building to play in. No. So. Um, MSG's a MSG's a really cool arena. Um, I've never yeah. actually been to a game there, but uh, when I was in New York visiting, um, we pulled out of Penn Station, which is pretty much right underneath of MSG, or like mm-hmm. connected to it. And so it was pretty cool to come out. And there's a concert going on that night, so there's a lot crowds everywhere. You see the Rangers signs. It's next to like some museum. There's some towering buildings right there. It's it's a pretty cool spot. Yeah. Um, historic as well. There, there's so much in that building that uh, that uh, American sports um, owes itself to. Um, and then what else is going on? Oh, did you see that McDavid goal um, on the Kings? Where you know, it goes like end to end. Somehow, somehow I never actually saw a replay of it. I heard about it and like you know, oh, yeah, I saw it blow up, but I actually don't think I've seen the video. It's just him doing his things where he just like cuts through a bunch of people and snipes it. Yeah. To be honest Which, with you. It's crazy that this is like the third time that he's one on four some like I know, right? Because it's like bananas. this is not this is not a new thing by Connor any means. He did it Connor he did it earlier this season, actually. Yeah, against the Rangers too. <laughs> that was a sick goal. Yeah. And then he did something similar against LA, I think. Yeah, so. and it's crazy because like I remember when he first did it against uh, I think it was Columbus, right? And 
Wait, like the, every... the one where he cuts in is on the Rangers, right? Yeah, but like the first time he went one on oh, four yeah, yeah, yeah. was that's I right, think against right. Columbus. Yeah, and he back like, when they were in their old Royal. And he jerseys. did that little um, he did that like toe drag and then quick stick handle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember the entire hockey world went nuts, and then this guy does it again twice over, in the over. same season. Like, no, he just, just does it nonstop. That's just him yeah. doing his things, like where he goes around the Leafs team from last year. Um, he's ridiculous. Yeah, and what's so unfortunate is. Every time I watch an Oilers game or I go to the Caps games in person, the superstars never score. I've never seen Connor McDavid score a highlight goal when I'm watching him. Or I've never yeah. seen Ovech. I have been to like six Capitals games. I've never seen Ovechkin score. I've watched like, I watched like 15, 20 Capitals games a year. He never scores in those. Never. Wow. I've so like people always talk about Ovechkin scoring records and how insane he is, and I know he is because I see the highlights. But I'm like, can I just see the greatness for once yeah. <laughs> myself in person? Like, please. Like, I've been deliberately trying to go to Caps games you to know. watch him get a hat trick. And I never, he never even scores in the power play when I'm there. And I'm like, dude, how am I this unlucky? Like, I, I will score say, before and after. I will say, um, that is unfortunate. However, my experience with watching Ovi, I've seen Ovi in person at a game once, I think. And so. I was sitting, uh, so it was at PNC. I went to a Canes game. We had glass tickets, all right? So we're right up against the boards. Now, what makes it even better is we were, we happened to be on the end where the opposing team shoots twice. And in this case, it happened to be the Capitals. We purposely chose that game because I think the game was on my birthday and also, you know, Canes, Caps, two favorite teams. It, It worked out. And we were posted up the bit of the boards we were on right in Ovi, like right where the hash is where Ovi shoots from oh that's so sick and i don't think i don't think he scored one on the power play wait a minute and the, the caps the... even won that game i think they won it 4-2 and Ovi wait, didn't wait. Score. did you post that on your story where like um i think you post like a clip where he like takes a shot and it goes off the pads or like it's like a stick save and gets blocked away I, th- I think it was backstrom that took that shot if i remember yeah correctly. yeah no i just remember but, seeing that on your yeah, story and i, I was like I, that's I sick i definitely did yeah that's when i learned that you actually played hockey and liked hockey <laughs> yeah. i don't how do we go so long not knowing that you like well hockey? if i'm being honest throughout middle school i was nowhere near like as engaged with it like yeah. i i didn't play organized hockey in middle school mm-hmm. and then just i didn't i mean i've been a canes fan since like as long as i can remember but there was just that nine-year period where they just were awful so i i kind of stopped following them mm-hmm during that and then frankly enough the year that i started really following them again was when they started to kick things up yeah um what year did you go to the we'll leave the school name unnamed but what year did you move there uh 2015 so 2015 to 16 sixth grade yeah yeah so that's when that's the year that that was my last year there before yeah so we we also only overlapped at that school for one year. that's true that's true but um solid year though and then it i was, remember it was it's remember, funny how like i still remember so much from that year i know that was a that was a great year and then the years after even though i was away i'd still be hopping on the minecraft yeah series. i remember that, <laughs> that was, was so much fun and i would always be out of the loop so i'd come back and my house would be on fire and i'm like <laughs> what did i do what's going on here oh man yeah. that was a great actually time. um what well, was like just a little personal tidbit 
um today was my last day of class at that school and it felt kind of sad like it was my last last one on april 28th yeah and it's just feels just feels so weird like being i know because we're seniors so so if you guys are wondering why we're getting all nostalgic here it's a (laughs) it's a changing time in our lives um and we're both heading off to to places that i guess you're a little closer to home i am Um, a little bit but still you know kind of but you're only a flight away so yeah is there an airport close by to where there is uh um yeah it's it's about half an hour from the school that i'm going what's the um if you don't mind me asking um on the podcast what's the closest city to uh your school uh chicago chicago i am definitely and you can catch a train from the school i'm going to so you 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 can bet i'm gonna be at united center once oh yeah that's like i'm going i'm going because i've i've wanted to hit an away game for so long and we almost did actually a few years ago i think we kind of got stopped up by a covid and also just the fact that you know, there were games in Raleigh, so it just ended up being more convenient. Mm-hmm. But we actually had plans at one point to to maybe fly out to Tampa or something. But well, Raleigh's only four hours away. Yeah, actually, Raleigh's a little less than that. It's maybe two really? and a half to three. From uh, I guess my parents Chicago. just drive slow then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could definitely if you if you catch it at the wrong time, it could one hundred percent be four because yeah. the the highways there are just brutal yeah. at some point i was point, gonna say but... actually we should try and get together and see if we can get a playoffs game in raleigh oh yeah no definitely, definitely. but that's I mean, expensive as, if, as a heck right now i mean i can't say for certain but definitely if the canes make it to the final i'm gonna i'm gonna do my best to try and get out to a game because i think yeah. that's just that's a special that. experience i didn't get to go to any with the capitals were because i was young i was like a seventh or eighth grader so i'm at home you know i can't be yeah. out that late and you know how the streets are yeah um, and uh and same thing with the parade it was a little bit dangerous to be out there um, yeah i actually remember i was in dc when the capsule in the cup really but they won it in vegas that's right that's right so unfortunately and i think we we like left because the parade happens like a week or so after they win it or no but it's it's a few days after like that last game, but mm-hmm. so I think unfortunately we left, so we couldn't stick around for the parade. But like there was cap stuff everywhere, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Like and on the game days, you know, everyone was wearing jerseys, and mm-hmm. it's just it's it's so cool. Because like, I'm you know obviously I grew up in a very non hockey city, so you know it's it was just cool to like walk around and see everyone wearing like hockey jerseys. It's such mm-hmm. a such a cool thing to me because yeah. I'm not I'm not used to that. <laughs> Actually, on 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 the t- topic of Caps games, so uh, we went to a Caps game as I told, as I've said before, uh, St. Louis versus Caps. I think I mentioned it on the pod once. Um, and we're driving over there, and the traffic is so bad that I see this woman walking there. She got there before us, dude. <laughs> Bro, we were driving, and she gets there before us. That's how bad DC traffic is, man. It's yeah. brutal. Um, yeah, no, DC traffic is just it's the awful. worst. Yeah. Um, speaking of things that we should probably talk about, um, though that's kind of tangent to this, um, China, uh, they just won three straight games in Croatia. I think it was Zagreb or something. Um, yeah. and they're moving up to the higher division for, um, for, can I speak? Um, Double for A. the IHF. Yeah. Um, are they moving up to division one or? I, I'll check it right either now. One or two. I can't remember exactly. It was um, really, it, it was really impressive. I, I thought that, that it was definitely cool job. to see, especially since and if you haven't checked him. out this episode, go watch this episode because it's, you can watch this episode in the past because it's not really based on current events too much. 
Um, we actually had one of the players who was on that uh, China team, uh, Zach Yuen, on our podcast a few months ago. Yeah, um, so, and the pod. I think that episode's interview starts at like eighteen something. So just yeah. go over to there. Make sure to make sure to listen to the um, ad so we get our ad revenue, please. <laughs> um, yeah, it was four out of four games in Zagreb. Exactly. I'll do it anytime. All right. For the, <laughs> for the, for the potty, I will always do it. Let me check. Cause I think I put it up. So yeah, so they had, yeah, so they got promoted to division one next year. They beat the Netherlands, Croatia, Spain, and Israel. And uh, I was surprised that um, Spain was in division two. I thought they'd be kind of lower. No offense to yeah, Spain. They're not is, a hockey country. Although if you look at the way, I mean, because they didn't they beat one of those teams like by a huge like 16 goals or something yeah i think it was wasn't israel israel yeah so i think that i mean i know that there are divisions below division two but i feel like this the division two is like sort of bubble teams that are between the two and then some that Mm -hmm. are a little below that yeah um so spain might be in there like uh, where is australia isn't australia oh i have no idea where they are but um, yeah, it's have... impressive for Team China after the yeah, success no, of the definitely. Olympics. I mean, they only got their professional team like three, no, like six years ago, maybe now. Um, and they've yeah. done an unbelievable job of just growing the sport there because it used to be a big hockey country, as uh, Zach told us. But um, yeah. uh, I guess in the '90s and 2000s, it tailed off, and now they're now they're reemerging, and it's only a matter of time before um, they find some real success um, on the international stage. Um, so big shout yeah, out no. to Zach. Um, he, I heard he played very, very well. I was reading some articles, so uh, big props to him. Yeah, definitely. And it was, it was so much fun having him on that, that episode. It was unreal. Yeah, it's just such a great experience and getting to talk to to someone like that who's had that sort mm-hmm. of uh, experience. Just It's really incredible, really. Yeah, and we'll be trying to get out some more interviews for you guys. And um, probably once the offseason hits, we'll probably try and hit a lot more interviews. Yeah, um, I know our availability will be kind of suspect, but uh, yeah, we might uh, for our listeners here, we might slow down our episodes a little bit in the summer just because mm-hmm. there's less to talk about, but we're still going to try and keep it as consistent as possible. Yeah. And we'll have, I think we'll, we'll change up the content a little bit. It might Absolutely. be a little more, it'll be a little less structured, a little more fun. You know, we might have some, some wacky predictions in there, especially with the mm-hmm. free agency market opening yeah. up. You know, I, I imagine we'll have some fun stuff to go over. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think we'll probably try and continue some college. We'll see. We'll see how the episode streaming goes there. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to get settled in. So we might miss the first few weeks of the season. Yeah. Yeah, um, definitely. But uh, yeah, we're going to try and we're gonna try and keep it going for sure. For as long uh, as we can, you know, yeah, this is fun for us. It, yeah, it's, it's been so much fun. And just honestly, like, even for me as a hockey fan, running this podcast has just like, deepened my knowledge of the sport mm-hmm. so much because you're doing so much research and you know it's just but it's a lot of fun at the same time you're watching games for different reasons sure. you know you're watching games you wouldn't normally watch you're just really getting involved in the sport and it's just it's so much fun mm-hmm. uh, it's 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 just always unreal to be able to sit here and chat with someone about a sport that be frank doesn't get that much um viewership in america yeah. compared to other let places. alone in certain parts of america <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> here's a little bit better than uh where i used to be or yeah. where you are um but it's not it's it's growing and um on that bombshell why don't we talk about the uh streaming of these uh games on tnt versus espn 
let's air our thoughts out a little bit here because I know you have some strong opinions. <laughs> okay, uh, I will say I think I've only watched one TNT broadcast this year because mm-hmm. I typically just watch the Bally Sports broadcast or Canes games or sometimes I'll tune in to the... Um, like if the Canes are playing away games, I'll tune into the home broadcast of that team. Some broadcasts I like more than others. For example, uh, you know, the Seattle broadcast with John Forsland. Those mm-hmm. are a big, big plus for me, but I can't stand Jack Edwards. Um, what about um, the Avs broadcast? I like the Avs broadcast. The Avs broadcasts are good. Um, I think it's because the, they're like shamelessly showing that they're as biased. <laughs> yeah, but also care. just like the the... Bally Sports, because it's it's Bally Sports Colorado, right? Um, it's uh, what's it called? It? It's Altitude, Altitude. Yeah, Altitude. But anyways, like Bally Sports, they they run their broadcast well, so mm-hmm. that too, they I just, do. I appreciate that. It's Bally um, Sports. I think it is. Oh, I was so, I, see. I just read things, so I don't actually like say <laughs> the intros. So it's like it's Bally Sports, right? I mean, yeah, I guess I'm it's not 100% not. sure. I've heard it referred to as Bally Sports. I mean, I'm sure you're right, because you that's the predominant radio cast where you are. For here, it's just yeah. NBC Washington. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, so anyways, getting back to your original points. Um, yeah, I haven't... I don't have a ton to say on the TNT broadcast. ESPN broadcasts, I... <laughs> I try to avoid just let it go. Yeah, I try to avoid them as much as possible. I just really don't. I don't like them, and I don't. Okay, this is this might this might get a little bit of hate, but I'm okay with it. You know, we're we're down to we're down to start some stuff here. I really am not a big fan of the ESPN covering the NHL as a whole. I just I it was a good idea, right? Because ESPN is the u.s probably the the largest sort of sports mm-hmm, media sure. outlet period so it's like when when initially they signed the deal it's like okay this is great the nhl is going to be on espn it's it's going to be you know such a good thing for growing the game and then espn just throws it off to the side and mm-hmm. what uh, you sent me something the other day espn aired sent it to me to be honest with you or did um, i send I'll pull it up. But Regardless, yeah, uh, ESPN this year uh, on on the the national broadcast, uh, they they aired more uh, professional darts games than they did NHL games. Yeah, I said it to you. It's they did eighteen NHL nationally aired games versus twenty four darts games. Yeah. So you know uh, that's not you know this might be a hot take. That's not great for growing the sport. Um, <laughs> and and the thing, too, is it, it's not just that. The broadcasts themselves are just not good. Like, I'm Wait, not... I, I okay. got to interject here. Don't hate on ESPN Spanish. They're actually really good. They're sick. Okay, I, like I, I must say, I, ha- I haven't listened to the I ESPN have for Spanish, Spanish for Spanish. I've listened to the Spanish broadcast. They do a good job. Yeah, okay. that That's fair. I have, I have no... Uh, I have no stake on that. I haven't, I, 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 I can't say I've listened to him, but um, yeah, it's just the ESPN broadcast, the English ones, um, they just, they just really come across like they don't know hockey. And like the, the commercial breaks are brutal too. One Hurricanes game, um, I can't remember who they're playing. They Dallas. aired a commercial, Dallas, yeah. They aired a commercial break in the middle of a penalty shot. Ridiculous. So I just, yeah, they just, they don't know 
it just really comes across like they don't know how to mm-hmm. how to market a hockey game. And then also, the I'm not going to dive into specific commentators, although I'm sure a few of you might know who we're talking about. Um, but just some of their commentators just aren't 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 as great. I, I know who you're talking about. It took me a second there, but I was like, who, is, who, does, he <laughs> who does he just who does he hate with a burning? Yeah, passion? I'm not. I'm like, not yep. this. OK, I'm not going to name the specific person because that might be a little too no. controversial even for us but um yeah i just i don't think that the the analysts there are as experienced and knowledgeable about the sport as some of the other ones so yeah. i like i try to avoid the espn broadcast like the mm-hmm. plague just because i i can't stand them yeah i mean i'm in a similar situation um but a little bit different i like the talent that they have on the broadcast with mark messier henrik lundquist yeah no like that's true lot, that's true they have a lot of great hockey players but the thing is these hockey players especially the ones who have just retired or are just coming back into the media it's a little bit of a readjustment period right you're looking at the sport in a whole new way um you're you're on air for the first time um since you've been playing and it's just different so it's important to surround them with broadcasters like real legit broadcasters and And that's not have that makeup quite perfect yet yeah that is one thing actually though that i i do do the one good thing i do like about the espn broadcast is those intermission shows i i actually was watching one the other day with uh with lundquist on it and it was just honestly one of the best intermission shows that i've seen Mm -hmm. It's like, great that they brought know. back all that talent and they're yeah. getting them engaged in the game like Messier and others. Um, but as you said, the quality of the broadcast needs to go up. And I'm hoping with overtime, they'll do a better job. My issue yeah. is that I don't want to see hockey on ESPN 2, ESPN 3. No, it needs to be on the main ESPN, right? When you yeah. catch when you catch the end of like, um, when you're catching the tail end of a basketball game and then it goes to hockey and then you have all those fans who sit there and watch for a few minutes and then get engaged. That's a huge win for hockey. So I'd like to see it on the main channel. I'm yeah. glad that they brought back this talent. And I know that the broadcasters, they'll get better over time. Because you and I, we weren't watching hockey when ESPN, not ESPN, when NBC first started. And we were like yeah. one or two years old. So I'm not sure how rough they were. But um, obviously by the end of it, Doc they were on, was just incredible. Maybe maybe a little bit boring at times for their entire broadcast. I think Doc Emmerich was obviously amazing, but I think yeah. they had some boring moments. Yeah, but, um, I, I can I can see. Because they weren't talking. as controversial. They didn't bring back as many personalities. They yeah. kind of left it with guys who are more professional, which has mm-hmm. its benefits. But, um, uh, but I'm, boy, so, yeah. boy, do I miss Doc, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do as well. I mean, so that's also another thing. They should have brought back Gary Thorne for ESPN. Yeah. Cause he's he. My understanding is that he is still alive and well. Let me check on that uh, just to make sure that I'm not telling him to bring back yeah, a that man. Would, from that would not bed. be good if we were not. No, he is 73 years old. He is he is alive and well. Although, um, did he retire? Because I mean, if he's 73, he could also be retired at that point. Um. No. Since 2021, he's been reporting for the Mets. Oh, okay. So, um. Yeah, in that case. It's a situation where I'd like to see him back in hockey, and and that's what I'll say. ESPN has done a great job with the personalities, but they're not polished enough. They're not crisp enough. Their um, commenting is not great. Like there are moments when they'll mention the wrong players. Um, yeah. Now TNT is a bit different. I watch more TNT. I think TNT's done an un, like if ESPN has done a good job with bringing back personalities, TNT's done the best job I've ever seen. They have 
um, Paul Bissonnette. Um, they have Rick Tockett, Anson Carter, and not to mention the great one himself. Um, yeah. And they also have some, those guys have been in front of the camera for a while, like Anson Carter, Rick Tockett, um, even Biz. Um, and so even though Wayne Gretzky himself, the legend, has a few moments there where he's still readjusting to the media life, the amount of value that he brings and, and what he can say is amazing. And they have, yeah. um, they, I free, maybe it's Liam McHugh, I'm not sure, but they have, they have a lot of good studio talent there too. So even though they make mistakes with the play-by-plays, like there are times when they said like on that overtime goal from a car, they said Taves for some reason. But um, even though like they'll like miscommentate stuff quite often, they're still really exciting. And the content that they bring beyond those little gaps is so good that I think over the years, once they polish that out and, you know, they get some better play-by-plays, whether it's from people just improving at it or whatever, I think um, I think it'll be really, really good and they'll be really special. I'm just hoping ESPN can do the same. Yeah, because that's the thing is with ESPN, it's such a, there's so much potential for Imagine it. Imagine Stephen A. commentating on hockey. Sorry? Imagine Stephen A. Smith commenting on hockey. Oh, yeah, that... That would be interesting. He just, uh, dude, he just brings so much personality to yeah, it. Yeah, no, I think his personality would be great. However, I I have he doesn't know anything. Yeah, I have my doubts about him commentating a sport that he's not used to commentating before. Yeah. So, but what no, a, I agree with you. His his personality for it would be incredible. What um, sort of opinion? I'm sorry, I just want to bring this up before I forget. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm cutting you off here. Sorry. Um, what epitomizes um. ESPN's broadcast is when Stephen A. Smith, um, there's a clip of him maybe five, six years ago, um, saying, I don't care about no hockey when the commentators are trying to talk about hockey. Yeah. Um, oh, and so that was, just epitomizes it. Yeah, it, it was Stephen A. Smith and, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm forgetting the name. Who who, who was? I'm talking about when he's like, I don't care about P.K. Subban, whatever. That's He's like, I don't know anything about hockey. I don't care about that. There's, a, there's just a few moments. I as, as we're saying, ESPN's got a lot of great potential and they have a lot of talent there. The issue is that they're just not professional or crisp at all. Um, whereas TNT's got even more talent and they're a bit crisper. So maybe in the next four to six years, hopefully they uh, really turn it into a great product and they really yeah. clean it up. Because I can it do was, so much um, for hockey. It was the, uh, the other quote that I was bringing up was the Max Keller. Do you remember when Max Kellerman talked about uh, he, he said something like hockey is not one of the major sports in the U.S. Oh, yeah. And it's definitely smaller. Oh, my voice just clipped a little four. bit there. Yeah, it's definitely in the big four. And, you know, the, the fans are just so passionate that you mm-hmm. can't you can't count it out. Because, yes, the, 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 the general amount, numbers of people that follow hockey compared to other sports, football, basketball, even maybe baseball. Yes, probably baseball um, is lower. However... I, I, the fans are just as passionate, mm-hmm. if not more. You just got to get people introduced. A lot of people are yeah. hesitant about hockey because they're not used to seeing it or, you know, it's just not big Yeah, culturally. and it's a, it, it's a tough sport to play, too. Mm-hmm. That, exactly. That's another thing that, that hinders it is, like, yeah, you can't just you can't just go into a rink and sign your kid up for, for a hockey league, you know? You can do that with, like, soccer, you know? Mm-hmm. You just throw your kid out in the soccer field and, you know, they can start whatever age they want. But with hockey, you know, apart from things like league fees, you're paying, you know, hundreds of dollars in equipment fees, all sorts of things like that. There's so much maintenance for all your equipment. You know, it's just, 
there's so many and then even with a lot of leagues in the u.s too you have to go through several stages of like classes like mm-hmm. you know you have learn to go through to like they'll learn to skate learn to play before you're even allowed in certain mm-hmm. leagues i don't so, even remember what it was like because i remember i remember that i first learned like when i was first starting hockey i'd only skate on one leg which is very common and then yeah. i remember when i first started skating using both legs like it takes a long time and as yeah. you get older it's harder to learn that stuff mm-hmm and and that mixed with the fact that you know, I I would say football would be the only sport that would rival hockey in terms of like it being dangerous. You know, if, no, I was like, there's other sports like rugby, whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm just NASCAR, talking about sort of the probably. common sports yeah, that yeah. people people play. Yeah, no, 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 no. The hockey. If you compare hockey to things like F1, yeah, F1, F1 it's nowhere, nowhere close. Even things like you know professional boxing, MMA, things oh, like UFC. that. I would argue are much. Imagine Conor McGregor on skates. Yeah, that would. Mm, that would be violence I mean, one one heck of a fourth line grinder you know <laughs> <laughs> but um anyways we're where were we talking about um, what were we talking about that's a great question yeah oh no we we're talking oh, about hockey being hard to play in contact yeah. so you know i think that the the almost violence of it sometimes throws people off we've like, experienced it ourselves oh yeah oh yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, unfortunately <laughs> you know um, one day i might have to get surgery but you know what yeah. we'll push that off for as long as we can <laughs> now watch me just be sitting in the train this. next year having my shoulder up and somebody just knocks into me and it just pops out and i'm like riding yeah. around on it's, the on the new york just tr- subway just flipping out in pain yeah it's just it's tough i feel like Hockey is one of those sports where, you know, if you're playing, I'm sure, I'm sure this happens to those sports too. I'm not saying this is hockey specific, but there's so much like just wear and tear on, mm-hmm. on an athlete's body that comes with mm-hmm. everything associated with hockey that, you know, if you're playing, you know, games consistently, like for me now, I'm playing two games a week for the next few months. That's a good volume. Yeah. It's, it's a ton of games and like right now, right now I'm feeling fine. You know, we've played, we're only through our second game now. And, you know, I've felt, you know, I felt quick. I felt, you know, just, just up to speed and everything. But I know that once you start getting to that, you know, seventh or eighth game in, you know, about a month and even just a few weeks and sometimes you start to feel it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I haven't even been playing at a hundred percent. I've been dealing with some, some little nagging things here and there, but you know, it's just, it puts so much just stress on every part of your body, like things that you don't think you'd ever have to deal with come up with hockey. Like, you know, lower back pain. Have you started getting that or has it been? I haven't, but like things just like, you know, like the stretched hamstrings. hamstrings. Yeah. Yeah, It's like like, tight hamstrings and your back hurts. And like you wake up and you try and stretch. Stuff that like, you know, and I'm aging. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I generally, I generally consider myself to be fairly resistant when it, or resilient when it comes to injury stuff. Like I, I don't really miss a whole lot of games with injuries. And then, you know, I'm not really prone to, to a ton of stuff, but, and it's just all the things you never think you're going to have to deal with just start popping up Mm -hmm. with hockey. Like, you know, I, I, I've known some things that like, okay, I need to, watch this be careful just make sure you stretch before the games but you know there's just some things that yeah. <laughs> just start popping up left mm-hmm. and right and you know it, it it builds up quickly actually yeah let me try and crack my back just to demonstrate what it's like <laughs> if this isn't pick up it's fine but i can feel the tension 
I don't know if that picked I it heard, up. I heard some of that. It was Let quiet, the other but I did, I did hear some of that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not great. Like, with yeah. a wrist, too. Oh, yeah. No, that, and like, for me, too, some nights, especially, like, before season, one thing that I really do is just I just shoot constantly. Like, you know, I'll go outside, you know, get a net, some balls or pucks, and just launch like can't do that i live in an apartment <laughs> Dude, i tried doing that i knocked the puck off the roof of my apartment building oh that's <laughs> i mean i recovered it but it like could have hurt yeah. someone yeah but like you know you wind up for you know i'll go out there for like you know an hour or so launch like a hundred few couple hundred shots and like by the end of it like your entire shoulder on the arm mm-hmm. that winds up for a slap shot not even just your shoulder the entire like back like your you know the muscles in your back completely sore Dude, that's like, why you have such a nice shot you're always training it <laughs> yeah i no, i've I, that's one thing that i've put way too much time into is just shooting constantly but like you know so i always i always te- like to do a lot of warm-up before a season starts but it puts so much pressure on you and, like i've started seasons where like i just feel like my entire right side can just not move it's that just tense but dude i want to yeah. come down and just play a game with you can i moonlight on your team <laughs> like, i mean I, you know we, we got down, summer coming up we should we're, we're gonna we're gonna arrange some fun yeah. stuff uh over the summer we'll, we'll, sure. we'll figure it out no but actually if i came down for like a, a week and just played a game would they would they stop me like what would happen if i just wear oh. someone else's jersey i mean honestly they probably wouldn't they they really they wouldn't probably know. would not because I feel like I could be pretty decent in your league, right? I should be all right. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know what the competition... I mean, I imagine the competition is a little more fierce up there. Just, but... it's, it's more. It's, I think it's more physical. Yeah, that that I, I probably would guess. But I mean, we get some we get some decent talent down here too. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, I'm not sure, but I uh, I'm, I mean, I'm I'm not surprised by that. But just thinking about the physicality, which is what's so yeah. hard up here, I feel like um, Southern hockey is a lot less. Oh, it's definitely less physical. Yeah. I mean, you get, you get rivalries every once in a while, but you know, it's, it's, yeah, I I would agree with that. (laughs) Sorry. Play on a line with you. That'd be fun. (laughs) Oh, we'd be, we'd be, we'd be putting up, we'd be putting up points. We'd be putting up some Dinos. Yeah. (laughs) You'd be scoring though. I'd be the passing man because my shot's kind (laughs) of, my shot, my shot in tight is good. Once we get past the, the hash marks, things get suspect. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely it's tough. It's tough for mm-hmm. sure. And, and you know, goalies are so good nowadays that like it, it's tough to They're score so from big. above the hashes. Exactly, you have to come in on an angle and like change yeah. the angle. You gotta you gotta switch up the angle right before you mm-hmm. shoot. Like, and you that's know, hard I'm, to do because we're not that good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's tough because I mean, you you know, you're pulling the puck in and then getting a shot off at you know the same sort of strength mm-hmm. after you pull the puck in to switch it up is is more difficult than it sounds um but yeah you know it's a lot of for me it's a lot of just jamming in loose pucks things like that you know but you know it's 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 just funny how the sport works you know so you can score a nice just you know top cheddar cookie jar uh snipe from the hash you know or you can just bat in a puck to a pretty much open net where the goalie's like on his back and both of those count for the exact same amount of points or so, you're like me and you just don't hit the net <laughs> i mean i i completely understand that our team this past year same problem 
We yeah, I mean, shot the puck so much, and we had so many good shooters on our team. Just never hit the net. I don't know I mean, what it was. We I mean, just that's not my role on the net. team. I'm I'm the responsible defenseman. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'd like to be that um, puck. Here's mover, here's all I'm but, saying. You know. We would make one heck of a two v two team. Dude, we'd be so good. Who we? Yeah. Go- I mean, you're probably one of the top scorers on your team, right? I am, but I mean, that's I'm I, I played this season in a house league, so. I'm not sure that that <laughs> that weighs a ton. What about the high school team? Where are we uh, at with that? We're two games in right now. Uh, I've had one assist, but I'm not I'm not getting as much ice time as I did over the the previous year. What we are you got getting? Some good like, guys in our team. Like, look, what line are you playing? Third or fourth? It's uh, it's tough. Yeah, I um, I got first deep pairing minutes because uh, our team had not enough players. <laughs> yeah. It was unreal. By the way. We're shouting at my defensive partner here for the number of games in the season before I was injured, Malcolm Barr. Um, I just like <laughs> to announce where this man is going in the world. Um, give me one second. Oh, was this? Did you have this up? I had this on my story. This is this is, this is my deep partner. He's yeah. doing moonlight with us because he's he goes and he plays AAA, underage, and all the rest of that good stuff because he's a he's a god of hockey, but um, uh, this man. Let me let me pull it up. Oh, no, it's not out there. All right, whatever. Um, let me see if I can find it here. Uh, I apologize that I'm wasting so much time. We'll edit this out. Um, yeah, all right. So uh, he was just drafted, uh, my buddy, good buddy Malcolm Barr, to the USHL uh, in phase really? one, round eight. I think the reason he got drafted kind of late in that um, stage is because I don't think he's going to go to the USHL. I think he's going to prep school. Um, oh, okay. So... So that's interesting. Wait, that's kind of interesting. I think they threw a pick on down. him because he's going to prep school, and in case he comes to the USHL, they want him. I see. I see. So, so what you're saying is he actually could have been drafted higher up if he wasn't going to prep school. That's my understanding. Okay. Um, wow. I'm not fully wow. sure. Um, I haven't spoken to him about it. You know. Yeah. But uh, that's incredible, he's, though. He's a big time prospect. Um, he has he's playing AAA for Team Maryland. Um, and he's playing underage. So yeah. uh, he, I think he's playing 16U and he's like 14 or 15 or something. Oh, wow. Um, and he's scoring a ton. He had like 30-something goals, 50-something points. Um, I think he's over a point per game player. Um, he's a very good player. So be on the lookout. That's, that's if you incredible. see a Malcolm Barr, like 2024 draft or 2026 draft, <laughs> know that that kid's a stud. <laughs> and he was your D partner. He's my D partner because um his brother's on our team and he's uh he's a good buddy of mine and so he would come in and just to get extra ice time he'd come and play in a lot of our games and mm-hmm. so i remember my first game out there um i'd miss the first game in season i get out there and and i hear my name called with his and i'm like yo <laughs> the amount of points i could get from just snapping the puck to this guy immediately selfish immediately <laughs> selfish i was like how many points can i get and then it just didn't end up working out because he'd go end to end and then he'd go bar out and I'd be like, yeah. Oh no, that was go bar in, was, please. As much as it's nice that I've had one assist so far in two games, I it was the worst assist I think I've ever had in my entire like career. It was pretty much it was we had a little board battle, right, in our own zone. And we were digging at it, me, a few other guys. I think you know, I was just the last guy to touch it before one it gets to one of our guys, and then this guy just goes end to end, snipes it. So, you know, I really didn't have a whole lot of Yeah, listen, I had one of those in the playoffs. Donut, 
I got the puck um, on neutral zone, and I, like, chipped it forward, like, four feet. The guy got it, stepped into the offensive zone, sniped, and I was like, that's a playoff assist. I'm yeah. clutch. <laughs> we may have won that game, like, 17-0, but that's all right. <laughs> I, had my, yeah. I, I, I had my guy. How are how are you? I'm curious. Like when it comes playoffs versus regular season, like do you do you, do you amp it up during? Are you no. one of those players that? <laughs> no, dude, it's the same. It's the same stuff because we get to the second or third round and then we lose to a team that we shouldn't because it's on the weekend that the SATs happening. Oh, I so see. half of our team's gone. So yeah. That's what happens. Like we'll be playing. We there's twice we were playing in the semis, um, and it lands on the SAT weekend. And usually it's the upperclassmen who are so good. So my first and second year. Um, all of our upperclassmen were gone except for a handful who had taken their standardized testings earlier. Yeah. And so we lost those games and we put up a good fight, but it was, it was unfortunate. And then yeah, the COVID year happened, no season. And then this year we didn't make playoffs, yeah. um, which was expected. How many, how many teams are in your, your league up there? 10, eight, okay. something like that. that, eight that make um, the and it, it's like six that make the playoffs. Oh, okay. Well, um, so that's an interesting format. Yeah, though. they have a long format. There's only two teams that don't make it. I think this year it was even fewer, um, okay. or sorry, even more. I think this year it was only four that did make it. I see. Um, and we could have been very competitive this year. The issue is just we had a really small team this year, and actually the program, um, our program is going to be combining with another one. Um, that happens every few years. They split and they recombine. Um, it's just the nature of hockey up here, high school hockey in particular. It's pretty violent, so a lot of kids drop out, and then there's kids that graduate, and just the nature of it. Um, so the team should be quite good next year. There's a lot of great players. Um, and yeah, yeah, with, uh, with Malcolm, you know, it's just so hard for one guy to carry us against another team. Yeah, um, and that's that's the thing is with hockey, it's such a team sport. You can mm-hmm. have we you had know, one line that was going all the time, but that's not enough to yeah. Like our arguably, first lines. yeah, arguably, even if you have one good line, you still can't. No, nah, it's still pretty hard, especially if like um there was an individual on our team who a great player, a good buddy of mine. I went to a caps game with him, but the dude has like 50 penalties. The dude is a, <laughs> the dude is a walking trip machine. Well, like not even trip machine. He'll just like go in for a body check. And with yeah. the new USA hockey rules, he just catches people in the wrong way. I mean, and okay. apparently it's I'm gonna Sorry, you, you don't like him. I, I like the new USA hockey rules because it protects my five seven short self. <laughs> I I hate the new USA hockey rules. Well, the stuff with contact is one thing. Here's what I what I can't stand, and like I've my coaches have said the same thing. The no delayed offsides. That's that's like, a thing. We well, have delayed offsides. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, Are we just not maybe... following the rules. I have no idea, but I've played in at this point. I played in two separate leagues that are both under USA Hockey, and no delayed offsides. That's one thing, and the second thing is you can't ice on the penalty kill, or you can, but you have to gain the red line like you normally would. So you can't just dump it two hundred feet from your own zone. And I cannot tell you. I feel like they play with those rules. Sorry, why are they doing that? Because that's not how they play at the professional level. Yeah, I think I think the thought is to help players develop by forcing them essentially to have possession. Because if you think about it, like, you know, yes, dump and chase is the way that professional hockey is played, but it, if you think about it, it doesn't really help players. True, grow. you want to build creativity. And then the same, but but like with, with icing on the penalty kill, here's, here's what, why I think this is pointless. 
Icing on the penalty, even though you can't technically ice, or, you know, you'll get called for it or whatever, people still do it because it takes enough time off the clock where it's still kind of worth it. Also, did they enforce the no change rules? Uh, so if we ice a puck, we can just change. Yeah, I see. The, in my league, they don't. But So, uh, you, so know, like said, you can't I, change off an icing? No, you can. You can change. Yeah, off same ice. for here. So the point yeah. of, like, so an icing, like, if you're dead tired on the penalty kill, just ice it because yeah. even if it's a whistle, you can change. So even but, if it's and, a defensive zone draw, there's like it's not an issue. Yeah, but the, the other thing too about um, not having icing on the penalty kill, which I, maybe I understand. Like, yeah, you want to. I, I, you know, I try to understand it, but I, I can't. But the thing is, is that if the defending team, the shorthanded team, is just icing the puck all the time. You know what that doesn't allow the the team on the power play to do that I think is really really important is learn how to break into the zone on a power play because oh, if you true. think even at the professional level teams struggle to do that. I mean, I just I just watched the Hurricanes go 0 for 5 on the power play. Did they get <laughs> so, into the zone well or was it just bad setups and uh, a little well? bit of both. There are a few power plays that were just bad, mm-hmm. but then some of them they did set up nicely and just couldn't couldn't put it in, but you know, regardless, you know, I've seen stretches of the Hurricanes power play where they just cannot break it into the zone. And it's, you know, it's such a important thing to learn and just breakouts in general. So, you know, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't really understand some of them, yeah. but, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we'll hit one last topic here because it is actually getting quite late and I want to sleep. <laughs> I think you do too. Um, so the last thing that we'll do here is we'll run through um our updated series predictions and actually i'm not going to call them updated series predictions gut feelings on each more series just right how now. wrong were we <laughs> how wrong are we so let me pull up on the nhl website um each of the series with uh, their current scores and i have this up now um western conference wild versus blues tied 1-1 what's your prediction do you still hold with a seven wild win uh sorry i'm checking one thing real quick here also, uh, at the uh, the time we're filming this, the Wild are currently up on the Blues three nothing. Indeed. Um. Yeah. I'm. I'm actually still gonna go out here and say that the Wild take it in seven. I think that was my initial prediction. Mm-hmm. Oilers um, Kings. Where you at? I'm. I'm. I'm still feeling Oilers in seven. Maybe six now. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it depends. They're currently up two nothing on the Kings. They are about halfway through that game. Um. Uh, maybe in six, similar. but. I think I think the both of those two series have have potential to go six or seven. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm still feeling all right about those. Same place, um, six or seven. Yeah. And next series we're gonna omit for my mental health. Um, Flames versus Stars. Where are you at? Oh, that one's tough. Uh, I, I what did I have initially? I had we had in five, five with me. I think. Right? Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking Dallas is going to extend this one longer. Mm-hmm. I think uh, it's going with his low six. scoring, three goals. Well, yeah. really two if you don't count the empty netter. Mm-hmm. It's they're just Dallas and Calgary. Just, I mean, if you think about it, this isn't really a surprise given the way both these teams play. That's true. You know, one zero games are have just been 
a thing. But the Flames aren't playing teams. that well, to be fair. So yeah, the, that's what surprised me. Dallas winning games one nothing. That's completely in character for them. Mm-hmm. But the Flames only winning by one. It's like that was the Flames. But sometimes from one it's or two like not ago. clear, right? Because the Avs won by one, but they also dominated and should have won. Yeah, by like that's seven. that's true. That's true. Um, but the Flames a year ago too were known for playing that shutdown mm-hmm. sort of game where they could win one goal games because they just defended so well but this year i feel like the flames have had so much more offense that it is surprising that they're not scoring more yeah um yeah i think so our productions are dallas extends a little bit more yeah i'm thinking dallas is uh maybe run this this one could go to seven i maybe like maybe i think so too um hurricanes bruins do you want to commentate on that are we skipping it like the av series um I'm honestly still feeling the same about that one. I think the Hurricanes can still take in five, yeah. maybe six now. But I think I'm, you know. I think I'm at six. I'm thinking I'm sitting at six. Yeah, but Caps, I'm, I'm still Pan- feeling yeah. comfortable about that one. Sorry, I cut you uh, off there. Caps no, Panthers. No, 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 Caps Panthers. Well, I think I had Florida in five. Mm-hmm. I'm still going um, with that. I think the Capitals took one. Uh, but you know, with the way that the game last night went, yeah, I think Florida's gonna. Obviously, I mean, I'm wrong in my prediction, so I'll just say Panthers and six. Yeah, I mean, you don't, I mean, we're both still right in that the Panthers yeah. probably are taking this sure. series. Yeah. I think um. so too. <laughs> um, Maple Leafs versus Lightning. Toronto is up two one right now. Yeah, that one's interesting. I think I had Lightning in five. Did I? I think I said in six. Or Lightning in six. That's hard to set. Well, I mean, now it has to be at least six. I, I think it's going stretch I'm starting to, to think seven. this one's going to go to seven. Yeah. Um, um, th- that maybe, one's gonna be a fun one to watch. What if the Maple Leafs win? What if they choke a three-one lead? Oh well, that would be just the most unfortunate Maple Leafs to do. But Rangers to be fair, yeah. we still would be close because then that means Tampa would win in seven. That's true. I think I had Tampa winning in six, but um, Rangers Pens last series. Oh yeah, this one's still going to seven. I'm yeah. convinced. Although I guess we 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 touched on this earlier. This is hard. To I get still think it's going to seven. But a lot of injuries. Like we said, it could. You know, things could fall off mm-hmm. the rails quickly for Pittsburgh. So yeah. maybe New York takes it in six, but I think maybe it's still in five, to be honest with you, with how the injuries are looking for Penguins. I don't know yeah. how they're going to weather the storm. It's tough. I don't personally, I think Pittsburgh will take at least one more. I think it'll go to at least six, not seven, but yeah. we'll see how it goes. It's, you know, right. that's fair. So um, much, so much parody in the sport. It's hard. So to that's where we're at. Predict. Yeah. So that's where we're at for these uh, predictions. And um, with that, Asians talking puck after hours is shutting down. Have a good night, y'all.